0: I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I have two wonderful former guests. I have Andrea McArdle, and Sean Abeta. Uh both of them have, like I said, already been guests before, but doing wonderful things. Sean just finished the Houston Marathon, uh, running a 240-something, I forgot to write down the time. And, and Andrea is was his coach for this, as long as doing uh, running with confidence and coaching some other people who ran on that day. So welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, 246.58. 246. I was going to say close to 247, but I I wasn't positive. (laughs) But You you would be accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I want to start off with uh, Andrea. You this year have started um, running with confidence, uh, which, you know, I think builds into this and you're coaching with Sean um and i was lucky enough to have you come and talk to my high school team and do some amazing you know motivational and goal setting stuff what got you interested in wanting to do something like that
1: so i've been a part of the rio rancho coaching staff for a few years now and i think there are just times where i can see some athletes not believe in themselves and it's really hard when you know that they just have so much potential and talent And so I wanted to put together something that would really help these young athletes see their potential and not let that insecurity get to them. And so Running With Confidence has two sides. We have the side where I work with high school teams and do these workshops like I did with your team. And we just go over where some insecurities can stem from and then how we can combat that. And then the other side is some individual coaching.
0: Right, and and again, like, Anybody listening, if you coach high schoolers, please check it out. I'll have links to it. It it, it was awesome. The kids got a lot from it. Um, obviously, some kids more than others, just because that's the nature of
1: it. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> but in the moment, I mean, they were really engaged and, and really had a lot of fun with it. And um, it, it was great to see that and see them really focus on things that I was trying to teach them about and you were able to come in and really like no okay here's how here's how you got to look at it and it was yeah it was great
1: (laughs) and sometimes honestly it just is about hearing it from a different voice like coach says it five times and it doesn't resonate but a new person says it once and you're like oh yeah that sounds great
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's (laughs) it's kind of like i'll get this from parents every so often like oh i've told them to do this so many times but you know coach says it and (laughs) Mm -hmm. then it goes it's it's always that you know numbers (laughs) yeah sometimes it's like listening to your parents right
2: you know you should listen to them it's just like the coach but you're like eh. you know i'm gonna we'll just nod and smile and do our own thing later but you get somebody like this coming in you're like yes
0: (laughs) oh yeah exactly i mean you get someone who's run division one you know, a sponsored athlete, all this stuff. And their ears perk up like, wait, what? (laughs) As you're walking away going,
2: I've told this to them like a
0: hundred times. They won't listen to me. She says it once and they listen. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So how did the the individual coaching stuff come about? Because like you said, you've been helping out with Rio Rancho for a while. When did you decide you wanted to start kind of coaching, you know, athletes that were you know done with high school done with college
1: so I started doing this I want to say it was three years ago I worked with a woman and we just kind of put a block together and then she ran with it but she would text me once in a while and ask questions or mention that she wasn't feeling strong in this way how can she change what we've already written and I just really really enjoyed it you know I've always really enjoyed coaching and so when we were at Coldwater Rumble for Jesse Armio's 100 miler, Sean and I were just kind of talking, and then a couple weeks after that, we sat down and we're like, "No, let's do this. Let's just work together." We both have really similar backgrounds, so I think it just makes it really easy to work with one another. And then that- from there, it just kind of took off.
0: That's great. I was going to ask how you guys came to that uh, decision. How how you went decided like, okay, well, I want to work with you as my coach.
2: Yeah, and the other part of it, too, is I went through a pretty heavy series through 2020 and 2021 where I was battling a decent amount of injuries as well. And so I think a lot of that had to do, you know, if you remember from our past, you know, interview, I took more or less a 15-year break between college and when I started running again a few years back. And I think it was really easy for me to just go kind of back in it. Let's go and start tackling a bunch of these really steep goals, but I wasn't really respecting where my body was at and what I wanted to do. And so I think I was pushing myself a little bit too hard. So my mind is telling me I should do this, but my body is telling me these other signals and I'm not really listening to it. Because we all know there's this battle between mind and body, right? And so I was like, you know, it might be good to have another some other eyes on this to kind of just go, "Hey, let's pull the reins back a little bit. Like maybe you're being a little bit too aggressive and let's you know, listen to your body and and maybe, you know, try some of these other routes and hopefully we can get to that same goal, but we can do it in a little bit more of a, of a healthier manner. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like as, I don't think it was as much going, you know, I don't know how to put my workouts together and that's why I'm getting injured. It's more or less like I'm seeing some progress and I'm trying to make these jumps, like take these shortcuts and ultimately it's turning into certain injuries and whatnot. And, you know, Andrea's done an amazing job, obviously, throughout her running career. And so I respected that. And I'm like, you know what? She might be a really good set of eyes to basically go, look, you're progressing. And yes, we want to reward that, but let's do that in a little bit more of a progressive manner, in a little bit more structured manner. And hopefully we can get to your goal a little bit safer. You know what I mean? And then obviously build off of that and go from there. So when we started discussing this, we had some really good goals, you know, post cold, cold water into Bryce Canyon 60K. And the training block was, was challenging, just like any new tra- training block when you try different stimuluses. But I started seeing a lot of really, really good progress. Bryce turned out really, really good. And we both made a decision after Bryce, hey, let's like get your body healthy and get it, get it right again. Because I was still trying to... I, I had developed plantar fasciitis through the training in the, in the cold water, unfortunately, in one foot. And then past <laughs> cold water, it developed in two feet. <laughs> so I was like, I had it in my left foot and my right foot. And I ran Bryce with it in both feet, which was super rough. And that wasn't her. That was residual from my past training. And there was a period through that training block in Bryce where I actually was able to get past it. Mm-hmm. And I it, it went away in both feet. But I think just, again, maybe myself not listening to my body, I started pushing myself. And I remember there was one workout where it basically came back. And, like, it felt like something pulled really hard in my left my left arch and then it developed in my right. And I think that was through um, some compensation that I was doing. And so again, I don't think that was any fault to her as much as it was to myself, but that really just kind of the light went on where I was like, okay, you need to put a little bit more trust in what she was trying to tell you in these workouts when she's saying, this is your effort. Don't go after these paces, go after what that effort is. Even if that might not look glorious on Strava, I have to say that I'm a huge strava like I need to do all these and <laughs> <laughs> whatever, but like it is one of those things where I'm like, hey, let's let's hone that back a little bit. These 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 workouts are to get me to that a goal. The the, the goal isn't to necessarily like win these workouts from the standpoint of these are your glory moments. No, these are just the building blocks to that a race. And so post Bryce, we went into more or less like a summer like just hey, let's just build some mileage up. Let's try to get healthy and. We decided to reconnect back into this last training block for Houston. And that's where things just went like everything started to connect. I put a lot more trust and faith in, in terms of her progressions throughout. We had a really good pre pre kind of training block meeting to talk about what the goals are and how we're gonna get, to get there. So I mean it's been really good so far. I think a lot of the workouts she puts together, her style, like it fits really well with with my past and like what I know about training and such. And so <laughs> i've I've joked with this before before like i'll look at like the week-to-week schedule you know and i'm like i'm pretty sure this is what's going to be on it and it's a game for myself to kind of get (laughs) to predict what the next workout's going to be from the progression i would say i'm close most of the time uh, but it is fun i'm like yes or there's another one where i'm like huh i wonder i wonder if i'm getting punished you know what I mean? like i didn't nail a session so now i'm getting punished for this one you know what i mean but it's 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 been really really good so far and i mean the the end result of this is I got to the Houston Marathon starting line healthy. It's the first time I've actually gotten to a race healthy and I can't even tell you how long. Right? I mean healthy for a runner.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I think that's that's great insight because I, I think, you know, that's one of the things I think a coach can do really well is help manage your not necessarily manage the goals but manage how you how you reach those goals you know i think we talked about this last time sean about just that idea of like oh i've taken so much time off but i'm still comparing myself to who i was you know 15 20 years ago
1: (laughs) i mean even there are times where i look at you know the Melrose games going on yesterday and i'm like oh in my prime i could have been doing this or that and You just can't compare yourself to what you used to do, and especially when you've taken as much time off as Sean has. And I also try to make sure my athletes know, like, yes, we can discuss the goals at the beginning of the training block, but you're not going to be in the same fitness shape day two that you will be at day, you know, 90 after doing 12 weeks together. So you can't just assume that right away you're going to be going after those paces. Sometimes you got to work into them. Same thing with mileage. You can't just jump from 40 miles to 80 and expect to just – be smooth sailing so I try to be the governor sometimes
3: with it. <laughs> love it or hate
0: it <laughs> and that makes sense I mean you like it's it's um I was listening to another running podcast recently and uh, Mario Frioli and he was talking about how you know when he works with some people like sometimes he he has to take things out of the workout and it's not, you know, he says, like, he has to tell the athletes, like, this isn't a punishment. We're focusing on what is, you know, the main the main goal, the main things we're, we're looking at. Um, and, and so it kind of, like you said, uh, Andrea, like that governor, like, okay, like this is the goal. So these are the steps to get there in a healthy, you know, you wanna to get to 80 miles, great. Okay, we're gonna start at 40, we're gonna go to 45 maybe pop up to 47 maybe drop down a week you know like all of those little steps that you know someone else who's just like I'm that 80 they just want to go you know straight to it <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so it's great to have someone you know to keep you in in check I guess is the best word <laughs> yeah.
2: well the other part of it too is
0: I think we all have in our own minds
2: what we think is what you need to do to get to your goals, right? So you talk to a lot of different runners, you're like, well, what do I need to do to be successful in a marathon in this particular example? A lot of people will tell you, hey, you know, if you you want to get to these time goals, like X time goals, right? Maybe you need to do somewhere between like like 80 to 120 miles a week, depending on how long you've been running and what the goal is, this, that, and the other. But a lot of people are like, hey, if you could try to get to 100 miles a week, that's gonna be awesome. The reality is not a lot of people can get to 100 miles a week without getting hurt, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not realistic for a lot of them, but people will still try to do it and then they get hurt, right? And then they either have to pull out of it or they can't train and then they get to the starting line without the fitness they were hoping for. They have to readjust their goals, things like that. For myself, you know, I've always had it in my mind, hey, this is what I want to do. I've tried to hit certain mileages and I found like certain breaking points. And this was an interesting one where at our pre-meeting she was like, hey, we're gonna try for a little bit lighter volume. And initially I was like, because it's that stereotype, right? It's like, I need to do this if I wanna be successful. And I was like, I don't know if that's necessarily gonna get me there. And so there was a little bit about like, well, what about this, what about that? And I am like, you know what? I trust it, you know what I mean? Like, we'll get there, you know what I mean? And I need to not like be so locked in that I have to do this because that's what the running community says I have to do. I think the idea is you have to do the right workouts. You have to do it in the right progression. Right. You need to make sure you have the right base fitness to be able to handle those goals. And I mean, it, in this case, it works. I mean, mm-hmm. my average volume, you know, for I would say average, but like my my peak volume that I held for a consistent period of time was in the low 70s. That's really, really low. I would say
1: for like competitive marathon training.
2: For, yeah. for I'll just say for like a sub three hour, you know, low 70s is probably pre- on the low end of what people would say is safe to run you know what i mean I, I think most people would ask you to run probably closer to the 80 to 90 range you know to be able to hit those marks
0: when i think i i think that's great because there are so many people who like you said i mean it's almost impossible for people to get to 100 you know miles just healthy but then you throw in work schedules and Family schedules and all of that stuff, you know, fifty to seventy is somewhat manageable. And yeah, I mean, that's I think up. that's
2: reasonable for for the average runner. You know what right. I mean with the work schedule and things like that. So it's 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 a lot to ask for somebody to go higher, and a lot of people just don't have the ability to handle that kind of volume.
1: And more is not always better. I think what I've realized over the years is every single person in every single race has this ideal volume to uh, intensity ratio that you need to go after. You know, when, you're, when Sean will train for more 5k at work, we're even going to lower the mileage, but because the intensity's increased. So you can't be running 70 miles high volume, but then also going really hard on the track all the time. And so I think that's what's really hard for some people to realize is there's an ego in the number of mileage you run, you know, but if you're running 100 miles, but you get it to the starting line all taped up and miserable, it's not worth it to me. I'd rather have people go in a little bit fresh and then really enjoy it and want to do it again.
0: I, I, I love that. I, <laughs> that's, that's great. And I, I think, you know, I've had a, in my own coaching, I've had some people, um, some kids and parents who've been like, oh, well, they should be running more mileage during track. I'm like, they're racing two miles, it's not like they need
3: yeah.
0: a, a ton of mileage. You need enough to stay fit, you need enough for that aerobic, and so that two miles isn't feeling crazy. But, it, but you know, it's that speed that we're really honing in on. And you can mm-hmm. only do so much of that before getting hurt.
1: Right. And, again, that's a different ratio than the 5K training. A little bit more speed, a little bit less volume. So, yeah, I think there is just kind of this – desire to run more miles and especially if you're around someone who can handle 120, 140 you want to try to run more but it's just not meant for everyone i definitely can't run that high a mileage so i think when some people <laughs> that i train can't either i'm like i'm with you don't worry yeah. it'll take long to get used to it but you'll be happier
2: yeah, yeah. and that, that was that was the trade-off let's lower the, the volume a little bit so we can increase like the workouts that we did implant in there the workouts were going to be harder but this just allowed us to be able to recover off of those a little bit more so that the quality could be more quality, right? While I, and I could still get some aerobic stuff in there for sure. You know what I mean? And I was only on a six-day-a-week running cycle, too. Like, I, I run six out of seven days, and that's my choice. That wasn't something that she had designed, but she worked around that because I know I'm not getting any younger, you know, and I just feel like – for me, I started doing this maybe about a year ago, where I took Mondays off as an example. For me, that's, that's also a good work day. You know what I mean? Where it's the start of my work week. That's where I try to get the most of, of, of my work done. But also, like <clears throat> it's really hard. I know a lot of people probably relate to this. When you go out and you're doing marathon training, like you just your, your energy is just constantly zapped you know what I mean so that's like the one day where I could be fresh I could really focus on work get all of that get what I need to do, get done done not have to worry about the running or my energy levels and whatnot and so we were trying to compact that that volume for both quality as well as just the running mileage throughout the week within six days which can be challenging for some people but I find that it works really really well for me.
1: And I also, like, now I don't let anyone that I train do seven days a week usually just because I think – I so I used to be very against taking a rest day. I mean, I would go six weeks at a time and then be like, I feel like trash. Maybe I should take a day off. And then, you know, I'm revitalized. And so probably last winter I started taking Mondays off as well. And even though, yes, you end up having to put Monday's mileage across the week – So instead of running eight miles on Wednesday, maybe you're running 10. But I just think overall you're so much in a better place for doing that. And so almost all my athletes do five or six days just so that way there is that time to rest. And, again, yeah, you have things outside of running that you have to accomplish. So I think having that rest day allows you to not feel guilty about choosing life over training.
0: See, and I like that. I am personally – I'm a – i get i like my seven days even if it's just a mile or two super easy and that's just my own personal like again that, i think it's part of that mindset of like if i don't get that run in i just don't feel as good yeah but yeah, it, it's, it's it's not it's not for everybody right just like different <laughs> mileage you know
2: like you got to figure out what works for you that seems to work for myself really really well um you know some people they have to run seven yeah. And I'll tell you, when I first did the transition, taking that day off was hard. Mm-hmm. The, for the first couple of weeks, I was just itching. like It was hard to focus on work because I'm like, I need to figure out how to get this extra energy out. Normally, I'd be running. Yeah. You know, like, should I get on the bike? You know what I mean? Or should I do something else as like a cross-training thing to try to fill that void? Could this be like, you know, a weight training day or something of that nature? And instead, I was like, no, just take it completely off. So after the first couple of weeks, it became a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, again, I'm not saying that everybody should do this, you know what I mean? If it works for you, great. If seven days works for you, great. I think you just need to figure out what works with you and what, you know, how does your body handle volume? Are you getting the right recovery? For me, that's where I get most of my recovery so I can be prepared to do it the rest of the week. And you know, I do this on a Monday and we, on our schedule, this last training block, our workouts were on Tuesdays. A lot of people may not be able to take a day off before a hard day. Right, they may need to do a shakeout the day before, so you need to figure out what works for you. For me, it it worked really, really well.
0: No, and I, I, again, I think that's great. And I think, like you said, it's whatever works for for each individual person. I think there's a lot of coaches and programs now that really call for six day a week runs. And then, you know, if you want something, you know, some sort of easy, low impact um, cross training day or something, Uh, but. It is, yeah, it varies so much by by person and ability and, and again, what you're, you know, what even you're training for. You know, I, if I was training for a marathon and had to do, you know, 16 to 20-mile runs, it might feel a lot different on that Monday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there was, a, uh, Sean mentioned about um, weight training, and he had talked to me about that before, that he had started doing some weight training uh, with you, Andrea, that you kind of brought that into... Um, his his training block is that something that you know that you've kind of really believed in, and, or you know, just felt like that was going to be an extra help, especially with the lower mileage.
1: So when I was in college and I started lifting, I saw a really big jump in my ability to race and have really strong workouts. And so I really advocate for everyone to do at least a little bit of strength work. Sometimes that might just be some band work and some planks or whatnot, and other people have access to a gym or the ability to have that in their schedule. And so I just think being able to do a little bit of weight training on those days of workouts, so that would be for Sean Tuesdays and Fridays, really helps just build strength and power. And so the reason why I also have them do it on the days of the workouts is so that way you're maximizing that recovery. I think a lot of people think, oh, workout Tuesday lift Wednesday but then if you were to come back on Thursday for a workout you might be zonked from the lift the day before and so I really advocate for people to try to maximize the recovery as opposed to focusing on the gym now if you're in a base training phase and the gym is more of the focus than any running workouts then yeah we can play around with that a little bit more but I just think the strength is a really great addition to the training program
0: that's that's great. I I'm, keep on telling myself I need to get into that.
1: <laughs> Just 10 minutes. All I need is 10 minutes and you can get a lot accomplished.
0: I, I'll tell you, I was during, uh, during like quarantines, I was getting about 10 minutes of like core and squats, squat works like 10 minutes total. And I felt great. Mm-hmm. Now, even that 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, when do I squeeze that in? Even though, <laughs> tell me 10 minutes, like, I don't know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it goes back to, you know, I was going through a battle of a, of a number of different injuries, right? And I'm like, some of it probably has to do with just imbalances, right? And I need I know I need to strengthen certain areas to try to help fix some of the mechanics with my within my running because some of them are repetitive, they're chronic. Same areas. You know what I mean? Compensation, you know, my left hip, you know, I had a bunch of like soleus, you know, issues so that's the lower calf, you know, which a lot of people get, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm a trail runner. My cap should be strong as, <laughs> you know, as, as anything. But obviously there's some weaknesses there. And so, you know, I, I I reached out to to Sophie Shunk, who has a garage gym, you know. And this was during the times of COVID, so I didn't have access to any other gym. And she's an avid lifter herself. And I was like, hey, can I get some more? I reached out just to see if she could help me put together some, like, weight training, you know, Workouts and things like that where I could kind of make like what Andrea said the hard days hard yeah. and the easy days easy Right, so maybe before or after typically after like a workout I'd go and do a lift session yeah. whether it be in my house with bands or whatever available weights that I had and She's like I got a garage gym come on by I'll, I'll lift with you I'm like oh, okay And so throughout the training block I tried to do that whenever I was in town You know when work wasn't a conflict and the days that I couldn't I would try to supplement it with bands and stuff like that and Slowly but surely throughout that training block, a lot of those kind of nagging injuries started to slowly go away because I started strengthening that up. So I'm a believer of it. You know, I think strength training is an important component of it. I think especially as you get older and, you know, you naturally start to atrophy a little bit. Um, But also, you know, you're asking a lot out of your body running, especially when you're doing very repetitive movements. And you want to make sure while certain areas are getting stronger that you're reinforcing it in those other areas that aren't keeping up you know what I mean? And if you keep everything in, in balance, then it'll allow you to do a little bit more.
0: Uh, yeah, that's great. And I, <laughs> yeah, that atrophy is something I thought about as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: it's, it's definitely one of those things where I was hoping that it would help with performance, but me personally, it was more like injury prevention, Yeah, right? If I could do this, hopefully it'll just allow me to be more durable, you know? So having Andrea there to help kind of pull the reins back and put me through a little bit more of a, maybe a more um, conservative progression, you know, to, to allow me to hit my goal. Also being able to just kind of reinforce everything else through weight training, you know, that should hopefully put me in a very good position to be able to handle the stuff that she wants to throw into the training block later on, you know, uh, but also allow me to go through the training block completely without having all of these setbacks because of imbalances. Yeah.
1: I like to call it prehab. The weight room is just prehab.
0: That's a great way to put it. (laughs) You know, you guys have a really good dynamic. um, And you talked a little bit about just like when when she said, okay, we're going to kind of cut the mileage a little bit. But, you know, did the rest of the training block like and, and these training blocks go pretty well? Like you guys were pretty on sync with everything?
1: I would say so. I think because we do both come from a collegiate background, there's a little bit more in sync because I mean not that the training is as intense as it was in college but at least we come from that background and so I could probably throw workouts at Sean that I couldn't actually throw out at other athletes who hadn't gone through that necessarily just because I know how his what his body has been through essentially and so I think because we have that same or very similar like mental space when it comes to training that we're able to push that envelope a little bit better than you know trying like if I was training someone who didn't have any uh, really high-intensity background it would take a few training blocks to get here so not to say that other people aren't getting here but with Sean it's a little bit easier because he already is starting from that and so even though he's taken so much time off we have a really similar stance on how training works and so I think we're able to have these conversations and they're just a little bit more seamless than it would be in other stances
0: that makes sense that's great I mean and and obviously it helps that you guys are well I think it helps (laughs) (laughs) that you guys are friends
1: I think so because I think it builds trust and I've always told them like this is not a dictatorship if you question something or if you want to understand where the science is coming from or where I'm trying to go with this I'm happy to have a conversation and if you also think that there's something better to bring forward I would love to research it you know I listen to running podcasts and read articles all the time and that's a lot of where I get my stuff you know there's a workout the six by five minutes Yes, that yep. was a bit of an experiment, and so I was reading and listening to a couple podcasts interviews about how changing up paces and workouts yeah. is super beneficial. And so one day I was running, I'm like, "What if we did like a fartlek, but it's five minutes? Four of them are at marathon pace or steady, and then one minute, you know, 5K pace." I'm like, "That sounds pretty fun," and I asked Sean to do it. And he came back with really great feedback. I'm like, all right, cool. That was a good experience.
2: Which was kind of funny because I don't think I listened to the same podcast, but I think somebody had posted a very similar workout in another podcast and that was on the top of my mind. And it was one of those weird like game things, right? Where I'm like, I wonder if she's gonna throw one of those like, you know, progression workouts, you know, where you start off at a certain pace and then you like bring it in super strong towards the end. And sure enough, the next week the schedule comes out and it's like, oh, hey, we're gonna do this, this six by five minute thing in the last minute. And I was like, dude, it's like she read my mind, <laughs> you know, I was like, this is awesome because I was going to bring it up. But in terms of the synergy, going back to the original question, it's it's actually a pretty unique dynamic because we do, we do have like Andrea's right. Like we have this conversation up front, like, Hey, this is a partnership. This isn't a dictatorship, right? So let's keep, you know, the communication channel open between the two of us. So if there's certain things where I'm feeling like I need to address. You know we can bring that conversation up and then she can try to figure out how to work that in right it's not one of those where it's like hey let's throw it in right now but let's figure out how we can work it in so it matches the progression throughout the workout right because at the end of the day i know how my body is feeling but i also trust that the progression that she's throwing in there is going to get me to where i need to go so Fortunately, I don't feel like I really need to challenge a lot of the stuff that she talks about. And it's funny because when she throws the workouts in, if there is any challenge, it's not so much on what the workout is. It's more along the philosophy of it and what we're trying to achieve throughout it. So I know that when I'm going in there, it's not a matter of let me just hit those marks. But what is the goal of this workout and how is it getting me to that next workout? Right. I'm like, okay, so now I kind of understand it like fully. You know what I mean this is why I'm not trying like if it's I'm supposed to hit a particular pace this is why I'm not trying to go a little bit faster because a lot of people a lot of times if there's a pace that you're trying to hit we'll just say it's I don't know 630 pace or something like that and then you're running 610 or 615 you're not really getting what you need out of that workout that's great that you can run those paces faster but are you really getting what the workout was designed Mm -hmm. to, to are you doing the workout and in, in how it was designed? You know what I mean? So it's not to say that you need to be so hard on that 630 pace, but getting within that range, maybe the stimulus is trying to get your heart rate set at an aerobic level. And when you jump down to that, say 610 to 615 for that individual, maybe you're going a little bit too anaerobic. And so you're not really taxing the system the same way. And so when it comes to that next progression workout, it might be more challenging because one you're not getting the same recovery but you're also not allowing your body to respond the way that you needed it to so that's where a lot of times i'm looking at these and i'm like wow that looks like it might be a little bit easy normally i might go i'm just going to run a little bit faster but i'll chat with her okay what are we trying to do here okay i get it let's go ahead and hit that you know what i mean
1: and i've tried to get a little bit better at when i put out the week's logs and there's a workout that might seem a little bit easy, I try to explain why we're doing it. So sometimes that's just getting the neuromuscular component down. And with marathon training, I think that's so important. Like That marathon pace should feel so good that you could wake up at three in the morning and go do it, just dead out of the bed. And I think a lot of people just really bank on altitude being a great component of that training, and I agree. I think altitude and going down the sea level is great. But if you're training your body to run 630s, but then you go down the sea level and just assume you can hit 615s, I think your body is just going to freak out around mile 16. And so there are some of these workouts where, yeah, they're not that challenging. But again, it's just that neuro component because either Friday is going to be a little bit more intense or the following week's going to be big.
0: That's great. And you, you know, you talked about listening to other podcasts, reading articles. Do you kind of subscribe to a certain, like, training philosophy, like Daniel or Lydia, you know, going into that type of thing?
1: I think my training philosophy is a bit of a hybrid. And so I do think there are really great benefits to periodizing your training. However, I think that especially for someone who has done the collegiate style, that can get super stale. Because you're just doing the same thing. Because what I like to do is three weeks up, one week down for a little regeneration. And if you're doing three weeks straight of broken tempos, you know, five by eight minutes, five by ten minutes, that's going to get really boring really quickly. And so I try to do a little bit of a blend where it's mostly periodized, but then, you know, let's say you're in that middle training block there's probably going to be one or two workouts that are more of that marathon pace or what the last block will be. And there's going to be a couple that will be more of that VO2, which was what the first block is. So I try to, you know, keep it mostly periodized, but again, for the mental. And I think it's nice to change things up. Your body gets a little complacent running the same pace and then I also think by mixing it up it prevents this little bit of adjustment period between the phases so that way your body's not like wait why are we all of a sudden just going steady you're kind of like oh yeah i did this once or twice you know just move keep moving keep it streamlined
2: yeah and with that philosophy i tend to always look forward to the later parts of the training block too because i tend to be more of a i don't know my body tends to respond more to like those tempos than it does to like the vo2 stuff so usually like the first like month i'm just like oh man this is gonna be a drag (laughs) i was never really a good fartlek runner you know what i mean it always taxes i and I actually this training block i really really liked it, you know what i mean but this was i mean generally when those come up i'm like okay this is gonna be a really rough start you know (laughs) what i mean but i'm like if i can get through this then i'll get to the workouts that i really like
0: (laughs) that's great uh You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Andrea, that you had uh, two other runners that you were coaching, um, uh, Sophie and uh, Victoria, that um, have also been previous guests on here. And they both ran a half marathon that weekend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is your kind of relationship with them pretty similar to what you have with Sean?
1: Um, Similar, but different. So what's nice is Victoria and Sophie both come from pretty intense training backgrounds. Obviously, Victoria was such a stud at Adams State, and Sophie actually comes from more of a soccer background and then was able to do some competitive running after college. And so what's nice is Sophie's strengths and Sean's strengths were opposite in a lot of ways. So Sophie is super fast in the track but was not really sharpened in sense of her strength. And so her and Sean just started working out together in the middle block when you were doing all those Mm -hmm. broken tempos. And Sophie was kind of tagging along and you could just see every week she was getting stronger and stronger. And I was like, hey, Sophie, are you working with anyone? Because I would love to be a part of whatever training block you're trying to accomplish right now. And eventually we did start working together and it was great because I think she just benefited so much from one, having a training partner as her and Sean did a lot of the stuff together. And two, sharpening that strength, even though it was probably a little painful at first, ended up benefiting her so much. And we still kept some track work in, out in there for her because it's fun and it should be fun. You know, I'm not gonna, just because you're really fast doesn't mean you're never gonna do a track workout. It just means it's not gonna be the focus of the sharpening. Um, and so that was really great because she wanted to break 80 and she did, and she even won the race. And so that was super exciting. And then Victoria was coming off of that Bigfoot Bosky 50K and she had never done an ultra. I think she told me she hadn't run over 13 miles in like four years and then just decided to sign up. And so we initially got together and it was a little bit more recovery oriented and we didn't have too much time to work together before that race. But even just a few quick, I mean, I think we did three weeks up, two weeks down before she raced, and even then there was just a lot of strength and so much potential there that I'm like, as soon as she finished, I'm like, I hope you are so excited about this half and that you want to do another one. There's a few in the spring I want you to do. Um, So it's just cool. You know, everyone has a little bit different background in terms of what their lifestyle looks like right now. But like you know victoria just started teaching she's taking classes she's got kids where you know Sophie's at the lab sean's doing the oakley stuff and going on uh trips to go make sales and so it's kind of interesting in that sense of not everyone has the same schedule but it's really cool seeing everyone excited about everyone else's goals too and that's why i'm also hoping i mean i'm very team oriented i think that's why i always enjoyed cross country But I'm really hoping in the next couple weeks to put together a monthly group run where all the athletes I train are invited to come meet either at the Bosque or in the foothills and just drink coffee. And that way it feels a little bit more like a team, even if, you know, we're not all training for the same stuff. A lot of us have easy runs on Saturdays, and so we can just at least have some camaraderie there.
0: That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's cool, like, the like you said the different styles and everybody's different backgrounds uh i know for houston they had um the trackers like every 5k and Mm -hmm. you could keep track of sean you know every every 5k if you wanted i don't know if the if those other two races were doing that as well Uh, but were you trying to kind of keep track of everybody that morning
1: Yes, I was glued to my phone all morning. <laughs> and, like, yeah, the Houston tracking was amazing. I was refreshing every few minutes because it was, you, you could, so you could see every 5K, but you could also see this predictor. Right. And so I was making toast and it said that Sean was at 25.7. And I just kept refreshing. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's there, he's there, he's there. Because <laughs> I could see that he was so close to breaking uh, 347 or 247. And so I was like, oh, if he knows that he's that close, I know he's going to do it. And then Sophia I was tracking initially, but after, I think the five hit stopped tracking her. And I wasn't sure if, you know, just a chip malfunction or if the timing wasn't working. I couldn't find any for Rock and Roll Arizona where Victoria was, which was surprising. Um, But yeah, she texted me right when she got done. And I was just, I was just really excited that everyone had a great day. It's really fun. Now I understand when like, I mean, obviously I've had a lot of success at Rio Rancho, but this was really cool to, you know, Whereas that I think was more of a collaboration of Sal letting the assistant coaches weigh in on some of the training. This was more like, okay, this was, this vision I put together and it worked out. And I'm just so happy that everyone showed up to the starting line healthy, and fit, and set their goals. Three for three. Three (laughs) for (laughs) three.
0: Well, it was like, I think you posted it on your Instagram and and sharing everybody. And it, it really was an awesome accomplishment for, for all of them and as a coach it always feels good when you're when your athletes go out there and and do what you've talked about (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it feels really good
0: that's that's great and so sean what was your act like your goal for this
2: so this goes back more or less to the injuries right i had a bunch of different injuries that i was that i was nagging through basically 18 months worth of training, right? So when we had our, our kind of pre-training block uh, meeting, I was like, here's the thing. I know that I'm probably capable of running faster than this, but my biggest goal is sacrificing some performance to get to the starting line healthy, right? I really like, so the story behind Houston is this actually, this this journey started two years ago. You know, um, I was, I had run, this was 2019, I had run Mount Taylor, and uh, shortly after that, there was a local runner who recently, or semi-recently, moved out over to um, Philadelphia, uh, Amber Zimmerman. And so she was training for CIM, trying to hit the Olympic B standard at the time, which was 245. And she, would, she was pretty close on her previous attempt, I think less than a minute from hitting it. It was like
1: 15 seconds or something.
2: You know, so it was it was pretty dang close. So she was pretty adamant of trying to do this at CIM, and um, I, we had a couple of months. You know, she was training by herself, and I was like, "Hey, do you, would you mind if I just hopped into a couple of workouts? Maybe I can I can help you along the way." And she was like, "Yeah, I'd love some company." And then I found out her paces, and I was like, "I don't know if I'll be of help, but I'll, I'll try <laughs> to help." You know, long story short, um, I started training with her. I started getting really really fit. Well, that year, a lot of races were starting to sell out, and I was like, "Well, I wasn't planning on doing a marathon, but because I'm fit, I might as well try to do something to showcase it." And I looked at CIM; it was it was sold out, and so I was talking to a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Inoyas, right over at. I think you've had him on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. Over executive chef at, at Moss, and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to do the half over at Houston. They might have some openings uh, for the marathon." I'm like, "Oh, when is that?" And he's like you know, mid-January, and I was like, that might be kind of a long ways off. I was kind of open for something in December, but maybe I can hold my fitness until then. Um, So signed up for that. Fortunately and unfortunately, um, going into about around New Year's, I developed a stress fracture in my left tibia. So I had to withdraw from Houston it just wasn't worth the risk of trying to run a marathon on a on a stress fracture so i deferred from that um i had the option of deferring it for two years but i didn't know we were going to have this big COVID outbreak so i was like i'll just do it a year and then 2020 came rolling well i guess that was 2020 2021 came rolling around and they decided that they were going to make it a virtual and i'm like i'm not spending that kind of money for a marathon to do a virtual especially at altitude right? right and so i deferred again and so this was two years going and so it was kind of one of those things where I don't want to do this race with it being on the calendar for so long and put so much risk out there to fail like I really want to go out there and have this be a really strong race so that pre-meeting was let's get there healthy even if that sacrifices performance I still want to try to get a respectable time but I want to of put the odds in my favor to be able to have the best success possible and then she had a really good point too like let's try to make sure that you get such a positive experience out of this that you potentially would want to do another one because you never know you might actually be pretty good at the marathon and so you know i'd hate for you to have a poor experience because we just try to go full send throw the kitchen sink at it potentially bonk at the typical i don't know 18 to 20 mile mark and then have a negative experience and not want to do another marathon again I was like, that's probably a good idea. So it's not that we were ultra conservative, you know what I mean? I think we were still kind of pressing the limit to an extent, but we we weren't necessarily trying to see what my body was fully capable of this time around, right? And the, she she was like, hey, let's, let's try this. Like when we get to the marathon, the ultimate goal is to try to finish thinking that you might've been able to go maybe like five minutes faster, right? And who knows? You know, if I crossed the line this time and it was a full five minutes, but I know I could have gone faster this time around. So I think from that we 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 came up with a goal of of you know, trying to dial it in, you know, and I'll I'll be honest, like the early part of the training block, I was like, I don't know, uh, like mm-hmm. you know, on paper this pace seemed like it was doable, but I don't know. But throughout <laughs> the training block, I just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger and that confidence kept building and building and building. And it's always you're always jumping into something of this distance with a bit of a question mark, but I was getting pretty dang confident that that what we had done, like we did what we needed to do to hit that goal. And there were times throughout the training block where I would hit up Andrea and I'm like, I think we need to make the goal time faster. And she's like, nah, let's let's stay where we're at. So
1: well initially you wanted to do 250, right?
2: No, the original I think was like 250. 40 to 240, and you were like, let's split the difference, right? Because I think she was more like, hey, let's <laughs> think about like 245 to like 250, and I was like, how about closer to 245? And she's like, how about like 248? And I wasn't even thinking of pacing, I was just throwing arbitrary numbers out there. Right? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, you, you want to run 610s? Okay. <laughs> well,
2: because when I was training with Amber, she was trying, so she didn't want to necessarily hit 245 again. She wanted to train faster in case she were to slow down towards the end that she'd have enough wiggle room to hit that 245 B standard. So when I was training with her, she she was training at 237 pace. So that's kind of what I had in my mind. I was like, I don't think I can hit 237, so what about 240? You know what I mean? And Andrew was like, how about we look at that like 250-ish mark? And I was like, how about 245? She's like, how about 248?
0: I'm like, Okay. (laughs) That is, that's awesome. And you, I mean, you were, you know, pretty close to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I now. mean, once we started putting stuff on paper and she was like, hey, it's roughly like, you know, 620 pace, I was like, that's probably pretty dang doable because I start thinking, like, what is more aerobic? You know what I mean? I'm like, that's probably a lot more aerobic for me right now than six flat. Right. Right. So that's probably a better place to be in. I mean, she's really good about, Hey, as we progress through the training block, if I'm showing obvious signs that this is just too easy, she'll make those adjustments or if it's too hard, she'll make those adjustments. Yeah. And so that's the one thing where I was like, look, I'm going to trust her in this. And then there were a lot of those workouts where I was running it at 615 and I was starting to get in my mind that that was going to be my race pace with 615, which I think would have put me under 245. Right?
1: Yeah. 244.
2: You know, so but I still wanted to stick to the plan that we decided on from day one. we had some meetings before the race and she was like, look, like let's stick to that plan and then let's just have some little checkpoints throughout the marathon that if you start feeling better, start tightening that screw. You know what I mean? It's better to start off conservative and tighten than to go out too hard and bunk because you're just trying to get too aggressive. Right. Yeah, and
1: I think we had started out thinking once we had kind of gotten that 248 in our head that it was gonna be You know 625 to 630 and then it ended up being more like 618 to 625 is kind of the range that we were gearing towards so we did make adjustments based on like how the training was going i just didn't want the first marathon to be this blow up not that you weren't fit but i just was like oh i just want to be such a good experience because it has been such a long like race in the making you know having something on your head for three years or two years and then having it you know Crumble at 20. I was like, oh god, no, no, no.
0: Too much invested to at that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a great way to think of it as a coach, which is awesome. <laughs> like helping, you know, the what was it manageable goals, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think 240, 242 for his next one is so reasonable. I'm like, now you've shown that you've put in the work. The base work for a marathon is already there. Now it's just about fine tuning. You know, those temple runs to be a little bit quicker. Some broken tempos to be more like 10k half marathon pace, and then yeah, we'll probably throw him in some kind of half like midway just to see like where we're at. But we'll wait to see when he signs up for another yeah. well.
0: And here, I thought he was going to be a trail runner, so I think that's what we <laughs> focused on our last conversation.
1: <laughs> it's a back and forth,
0: I haven't given up trail. Don't <laughs>
1: worry,
2: you'll see me on the dirt. <laughs> you know, but I, did have a, I will, I'm not gonna lie. I had a lot of fun you know through this road block and we got some road stuff coming up which is going to be a lot of fun but after this next this next thing on the calendar, I will be going back over to trail and I got some trail stuff in between I mean I, I find more of my joy personally running on the trail but I mean it was it was a lot of fun just testing the turnover right because I hadn't done a lot of that with trail It's more about strength and so it was like hey, let's try to see how fast I can climb. You know what I mean? Let's just see what this endurance capability is, right? Thinking that like, ah, uh, you know, turnover from college days and stuff like that, I'm not gonna be able to hit it at my age. And I don't know if I have enough time and I'm gonna get diminishing returns and things like that. But you know, she's shown me, and, and I think that was part of it too, like going through Bryce, you know, getting that base um, adaptation through her style, which I hadn't been doing when I started running again, right? um i think set me up for this next one too so that was also part of that success it wasn't just like oh i started with andrea we did this training block and had amazing results i had i had some really good progression through bryce but i think the biggest progression i got out of uh, working with her was the second training block which was this houston one where those adaptations finally were absorbed my body started responding in a positive way and then i started seeing these really really big ramp ups um you know, and, re- and, and positive responses from a lot of those workouts, like week to week or I'd see them every other week or something like that. Or like, wow, I remember doing this, you know, back in, I don't know, March or April and the results were significantly different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of similar workouts between the two training blocks, but the structure was really different. Like we had you doing Tuesday, Thursdays for workouts last time in this week or this training block because it was a little bit more intense than training for a trail race. I was like, I think we need the extra day and we don't also need to focus on back to back long runs at all, training for a marathon like you do for some trail racing. So that was nice to be able to uh, structure it a little bit differently. But I do like bringing in similar workouts, especially if you're doing more of a runnable trail race. You've got to have some pep in your step, and that running economy is still really important. Now, if you were doing something like hard rock, that's a whole different ballgame. That would be like, all right, you're gonna hike your brains out for ten minutes. Take a rest. Do it again.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: But that is nice that we we're able to see that progress between the spring and the fall.
2: Yeah, it, it was fun to look back at some of those those workouts that were similar as of just a point of comparison because a lot of times they're not in the exact same spot of the training block, but they're in similar areas. So my fitness should be somewhat like I don't know, proportionally similar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was really cool to see the progression. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, wow, over there I was doing like this. You know, I look at my notes from the workout, I'm like, yeah, I was saying like, I felt like really exhausted or this was a really hard workout and this time around I felt like I was getting complete control. You know, I could have gone faster. You know what I mean? Or whatever. You know what I mean? And maybe it was just a weird situation on that day. I just felt really, really good, but I think overall I just, I, I feel like I absorbed that first training block really, really well. And again it's that consistency of just staying healthy more or less getting into this next one and those adaptations already being there my body having a little bit of that muscle memory you know what i mean and being able to actually respond to it this time around rather than kind of freaking out because of this unique you know uh, uh
0: stimulus right and andrea how does uh, your running fit into all of this <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel my running has taken a little bit of a backseat lately. Not because of the coaching. I think I just need a little downtime after Bryce. I went all in plus some. So I think <laughs> I just needed a little bit of a reset period here. Um, but I've said to Sean and Sophie a few times, I'm getting way more joy out of seeing their progressions than I am my own training right now. So I don't know if this is just kind of a shifting of the tides or if this is just momentary, but. I just, she'll, she'll be back at it. We'll see.
2: <laughs> she'll be back at it.
1: I am motivated to join them for the track a little bit this spring. I'm like, I won't do the same paces, but maybe I can redline on the track with you guys.
0: <laughs> I love, I mean, I I get you, Sean, like, and even Andrew, like, this the trail stuff so intrigues me, but I'm still like, because we talked about this when, when I had you, Sean, like, I, I had a similar kind of thing where i took a long break from running and now i'm like i want like how quick can i get like how close to what i used to be can i can i kind of you know get down on and and so it's it's fun to you know hear you talk about you know seeing how close you're getting and um you know you going out and doing the uh the master's championships with the dukes and everything and. Andrea talking about, you know, well I, I wanna join them on the track and kind of redline a little bit, like I, I love that idea too, because you have to mix it up because that's what keeps this fun, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Well that's something I
2: told her at the at our pre-meeting too. I'm like, I know you might have a particular plan kind of like going through that crazy mind of yours, but <laughs> I also want to throw in a bunch of these random races, which I'm sure I put a, a couple wrenches <laughs> you know, in the gears by doing that, because it's like, oh, we're shifting some stuff around. It's not like it was all pre planned on that day, too. Like, these are the races I'm going to do. Right. It's kind of like, hey, in two or three weeks, I want to throw this in. How can we work it in? <laughs> right? She's like, uh, okay, I think we can do that. You know what I mean? But one of those things was, and that was kind of part of the theory, because I think we, we listen to a lot of the same stuff. So we both have a hybrid sense, too. And I think there's new things coming out in terms of training philosophies and how, co- how coaches are throwing it in, how athletes are responding to it. And there's a lot of things that are intriguing and I wanted to kind of try some of that as well. And she's very open to it, but I think she's been looking at a lot of that stuff too. And so that's where I think it's worked really, really well. Um, But needless to say, I was like, hey, if we're gonna say, we're gonna do these paces at 5K and I haven't done a 5K in three years, you know what I mean? Like, What does that even mean? You know what I mean? I'm throwing a kind of an arbitrary number out there in terms of what I think I can run a 5K in. So I'm like, I'm gonna go run a 5K and see what it is. You know what I mean? And if I I mess up that 5K, that's my 5K pace. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's just what it is, right? And then as the training block goes along, I can try to like polish that up. But I was like, let's do a couple 5Ks. Let's do a couple 10Ks. And it doesn't necessarily mean that every 5K and 10K that I do has to be like a goal race. You know what I mean? We talked about this and a lot of those, it was like, hey, we'll throw some type of workout in there, right? So I want you to, so there's a plan. We want you to do this and then you can do this. You know. Do this and then you can have like the dessert at the end you know what i mean but i need you to hold this because all of this is basically for the marathon right we're not just doing this just to see what you can do in a 5k this is part of that progression too yes i'll let you race but this has to work in towards your end goal which is the marathon that's that's awesome
0: that's fun yeah. <laughs>
1: there's only one race. i said no to <laughs> Which it one? was a Friday. It was a Friday text about a Saturday morning trail run, like a thirty k, and I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can work that in. Tra-
0: Trail's always on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but it's a great relationship, and I love that. Like it's it's part of the reason I wanted to have you guys both on here and talk about this. Like the way you guys are talking about like you know oh well you know this is what i wanted to do so i just kind of text her and she's like well okay we can work this in but this is how you know finding that middle ground and even with the paces that you're training for the marathon like finding what's going to work to make it feel like you're getting everything that you can out of it while still making it like i'll come back and do another one
1: yeah and i think it's really important you know when he brings these races forward and Couple of the other athletes are doing that as well. Is I try not to say no because if that's what you think is fun and is going to bring the training block joy, then let's do it. You know, this isn't a job. None of us are Jim Walmsley out there. And so I think it's really important to still be able to keep joy while working hard.
0: Yeah, that's great, and I think that's kind of a a great spot to kind of wrap up. Um, you know, I have one more thing before we get to our music question. Uh, because, Andrea, you've been not only doing this coaching and coaching all these people and you're running with confidence, but you've also been doing the uh, Duke's Youth Club as well. And mm-hmm. that's going to be starting up with uh, with track here soon, right?
1: Yeah, so we'll be starting at the end of March. I don't have the date on hand, but it's right after spring break. We'll start and we'll be doing three days a week. Uh, two of the days will be at the... The track, and then we'll be hosting. Well, I guess we won't be hosting, but we'll be going to some meets. Um, it's a little different setup than we're used to. Um, obviously, our first track season was within COVID time, so that was just kind of a I don't know, very interesting experiment. And then uh, this season, it sounds like they're putting out some rules that we're still trying to siphon through and figure out how to apply that to the training and the meets, but. Yeah, it's super fun. As you can tell, I just love coaching. So yeah. <laughs> whether it's, you know, the six-year-olds or the 40-year-olds,
3: it's,
1: it's fun. Um, and, the, you know, I ran into one of the kids I coach last night at the grocery store and she runs up and gives me this huge hug. And I'm like, this is fun. Like, you know, I just love that it brings them joy. And if I can help show them that running is fun and not just a punishment for other sports, you know, that's really special.
0: So are you saying that Sean does not run up and give you hugs when he sees you?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> not at least in the grocery store. <laughs>
0: and I'm probably harder to manage than those kids, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's like wrangling cats.
0: <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I know that the youth club does a lot of tag games. Did you play any tag out there, Sean?
1: <laughs> I could think of a scavenger hunt for you guys.
0: There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute before I can do a 10K though.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. Like I said, I just I I had seen um, the Duke's post about it recently, and so I wanted to make sure I, I touched base on that as well because I think it's a a great thing that you're doing on that side as well, with, along with every other amazing thing that you're doing so yeah thank you and
1: if anyone listening is interested you can head over to the dukes track club instagram page and there should be a link so that way you guys can sign up and get more information
0: and i'll tag the dukes on this as well perfect all right the the question that you two have been looking forward to (laughs) (laughs) what are you listening to 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 get you up get you out for that Tempo or interval run or sitting down to create plans for three or more people?
2: <laughs> so I got my, well, my wife and I bought her, my wife, a new car this past summer and she ended up getting a serious subscription through it and I haven't had serious in I can't tell you how long. So before it was just some type of Apple streaming or Spotify or something like that and there was a, a channel on there that had connected with me which is called Turbo and there's a couple different variations of it they've got turbo turbo workout turbo party or whatever it is and so it's usually like hard rock type stuff i mean it's all the stuff that i grew up listening to i think it's more like 90s you know 2000 like hard rock kind of stuff now i'm not one that generally likes to listen to music when i'm running so it's more just to kind of get the blood pumping maybe a little bit beforehand um the only reason why i'll run and listen to music is because it's by myself and it's a route that i've done a million times and i'm just (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i need something to just help me get through this one you know what i mean especially late in the training block where you're just exhausted and like you know the thursday or wednesday well with this training block it was like workout and then medium long run the day after and so you're tired and you're like i got to do 12 miles by myself okay let's let's see if i can either find a really really good long podcast or let's see if i can find some music to kind of mix in there so that's generally what it is otherwise like we talked about before we started recording it's the ambient noise of just the wind blowing across my face <laughs>
0: awesome <laughs> andrea
1: so i have this playlist on spotify and it's called tempo tunes and it is a wonderful mashup of everything you've got a little bit of britney a little bit of Lil wayne a little bit of just random electronic beats and it's a hit. So it just has anything on there that would sound good running to. So usually if I have a workout ahead and I'm not really in the mood to do it, like I'm gonna have to throw some tempo tunes on to get through this. (laughs) So if anyone wants tempo tunes, reach out and I'll send you the playlist.
0: There we go. (laughs) Um, Like I said, this has been a lot of fun. I enjoy both of you so much and to be able to have you guys back on and and talk about this you know, collaboration working together and it working out so well is, is just great for me. Like, I, I really enjoy seeing you guys doing well. It's so awesome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go?
2: I mean, if you're trying to get information about coaching, you should probably go to the <laughs> Running With Confidence website. Um, I don't want to advocate for all the athletes that she can take on, although she could probably take on a bigger load.
1: I could take on a few more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but at the very least, I think there's probably a lot of people out there that are, that are probably seeking advice through coaches trying to figure out like who's out there, who they can connect with. And maybe it's not Andrea, but maybe there's some others like I feel like she's pretty connected throughout you know, Albuquerque, if not Albuquerque, the state of New Mexico. So even if you were just looking for advice as to which coaches are available and how to connect with them, I think going to the Running With Confidence website and reaching out to Andrea, she might be able to connect you with somebody and hopefully you can find somebody that you can mesh with right because you know even if you're not looking to be competitive I think coaching is still kind of important just to get an idea of structuring something appropriate so you can stay a little bit more injury free and enjoy the more you know the fullness of what the sport offers
1: and if you're lacking motivation but have a goal in mind and want a little bit of help getting yourself out the door I think having a coach is a really great way to do that
2: and if you have any questions and you need some advice, I mean, you can always DM me on Instagram or something like that. Not to say that I have all the answers, but I'm, I'm happy to, 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 you know, throw my two cents at, at any of the questions or at least forward you along to who I think might be able to answer that, you know, a little bit more accurately.
0: I'd once again like to thank my guests for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at running New Mexico at gmail.com, if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.